and Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the NFL Divisional Round betting preview. We are on our way through the playoffs. As always, I'm your host, Nate, as my co-host, Michael. How are we doing today, good sir? I am doing great. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's uh, a little late Friday co- recording coming out to you, so we'll have just the freshest information as I somehow managed to delete all my notes before the show, so that'll <laughs> that'll be dandy. Um, coming off a wild card weekend where uh, not a lot of good games, a lot yeah. of blowouts. Scoreboard was not necessarily indicative of what happened on the field. We only really had one game, and that was Detroit Rams. That was honestly close and competitive. Any takeaways from the uh, wild card weekend that wasn't so wild? Yeah, it certainly wasn't very wild. Um, and there was a little schedule change action going on. I think once like the day came, we were like, oh, well, now we have two games today. That's nice. Um, but yeah, the game's kind of duds. Um, one thing I was happy, though, even though the games were duds, a lot of them uh, went in the way I would have liked. Uh, the teams I don't like mostly lost, uh, them being the Eagles, the Cowboys. It's not that I don't like the Steelers, but I don't like watching them. So they lost too. Um, so yeah, I would say, although it wasn't like, wouldn't call it a great weekend, but uh, you know, I was happy with the outcomes. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Pretty solid outcomes across the board. We had speculated about the Cowboys and Eagles potentially getting rid of their coaches after this. We have confirmation that Mike McCarthy is back for another season. So everybody fire up those win totals in the regular season overs and short them in the playoffs again. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really shocked about that. Um, not, I mean, it sounds like Sirianni staying as well for the most part. Um, not, I mean, a little, maybe a little bit surprised by him just because of how nuts the Philly fans are. Um, but I mean, he he has, in my opinion, probably earned, I mean, at least one more year. Um, but yeah, the McCarthy news was interesting. That just shows, I mean, it just shows how much Jerry likes to just be in charge. Yeah. I was thinking about it more like, I, I think part of it too is like, who are you going to get? Because you're not going to yeah. get Hardball or Belichick because that's going to require Jerry giving up control and he ain't doing that. So it's like, I, because he's not willing to give up control, the options of replacing McCarthy, who, well, I'm not the biggest fan of him from a betting perspective um, in big time spots. He does win you a lot of games, at least. So that sells a lot of tickets at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will say about McCarthy, this is kind of surprising, um, but I believe, you know, he has a 62% win percentage. Mike Tomlin has a 63% win percentage. Mike Tomlin's eight and 10 in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy's eight and 11 in the playoffs. Um, I'm not saying he's Mike Tomlin because he's not. Tomlin does more with less, um, yeah. but he's, he's still, I mean, he's as much as we like to call him a dope, maybe he kind of is, he still is a successful winning coach. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, the Nick Sirianni one was a little bit more surprising. Did you hear what they're, they're doing to him right now in uh, Philly? Well, the last that I had seen was that like they're, you know, he's got to go in and basically present his plan. Is that, is that still what we're happening here? <laughs> they did. To he's got to prepare a PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess based off that, they make their determination because that's what they did for Doug. And I guess Doug's presentation did not go great. So they fired him. So the clown that is Nick Sirianni, has got to fire up PowerPoint to go. I'd like this coordinator and this coordinator and he'll come with me. And <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's interesting. It's interesting. I to like promote like which coordinators he wants. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It does. It does seem like an odd situation going on there in Philly. Probably not the worst idea, given he did promote Matt Patricia halfway through the season after a stretch of games where they just played really good offenses, and it feels like Nick Sirianni's ego got the best of him um, there yeah. late in the season. But interesting nonetheless. Let's talk a little divisional football. We start off right with Texans-Ravens. Lines at 9.5, over, under 43.5. 
I took away with the Texans and the Packers too. I know Jordan Love isn't a rookie quarterback, but it's his first year commanding the offense that both the more inexperienced teams, it seemed like this, excuse me, this playoff first round just played a lot looser. There wasn't kind of a slow start. They were aggressive early. It, it looked like teams that were playing with house money and you kind of got that situation again here against the Ravens. But potential weather game here. Ravens got a lot of fresh legs underneath them. What are you looking at this game? How do you kind of see this one potentially breaking down? Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, obviously, a lot of fresh legs. Um, their guys haven't, you know, they haven't, some of their guys haven't played, you know, football in, in a while. That always does concern me a little bit. Um, this, I, always, I always struggle a little bit here because, you know, Houston and Green Bay, they're coming off of playoff wins, you know, so we're going to naturally have a little bit of recency bias towards that. We're like, wow, they looked awesome. Like, they're rolling right now. Um, and, they, I mean, they kind of are. Houston looked really good against Cleveland. I was shocked by that outcome. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just did not see that coming at all. Um, but this is actually a situation where I do like Baltimore, I think. I know that's kind of a big spread, but I like the way they, they match up with this team. Um, I don't think you could take a lot from the week one matchup, let's be honest. I mean, week one, that's literally feels like years ago. Um, but still, I, I just like the way they match up here. There's a lot of pressure on Baltimore, a lot of pressure on Lamar. Obviously, you know, he does have a bit of a, uh, a story to him that, you know, maybe he's not the best in the playoffs. Um, he can't really win in the playoffs. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he can. Um, but, yeah, I I just like how Baltimore is looking this year. I don't disagree. I I, I wish I had my notes because I had a stat about, you know, underdogs that won in the first division round and then come into this game as a double-digit favorite. Now, these both are under 10. They were at 10s at various points in the week. They've kind of moved it into a potential, when you look at the 49ers game, teaser territory if you're looking to tease the favorites down. <clears throat> but this is a tough one because I don't I don't see how this number's nine and a half. I've got Ravens. The number feels a little little small to me right now with the way this Ravens team is operating, especially now that it seems like they fully grasped the concepts of the Todd Munkin offense um, and what they're looking to do. You also have a Texans team. I, I really wish they had their full, you know, weapons at, at the pass catching positions because yeah. man, would this be a lot better? You're getting a team much healthier than what Cleveland was at, you know, well, I, we both expected Cleveland to play a lot better, and they did not. Um, you've got a Ravens defense that is much healthier than what the Cleveland defense offered, especially in the passing game. And so if you oh, can't yeah. fire that passing game up, you know, what does this end up look like? Because the Ravens are going to have success, I think, offensively. You know, they, they can push the ball a little bit better. Um, so I'm with you. I, I think it's probably Ravens at the end of the day. Misunderestimated the Texans. I, you're... Your future outlook is super hopeful. I mean, you've got cool. great coordinators, good head coach, young quarterback, a lot of ton young weapons. Like it's it's looking good, but this is sort of where rubber meets the road, and I think the, yeah. the Ravens start to flame them here. Yeah, and you're probably going to lose your offensive coordinator. Just saying. yes, <laughs> who was brilliant, I thought, in that game, developing a scheme to counter the the Browns yeah. defense. Um, Packers 49ers lines at nine and a half over under. 50 and a half. If there's one underdog team that I think has a chance of potentially covering, it's probably this one. Um, what are we feeling here? The 49ers, a lot of rest here. You know, you got the Kyle Shanahan offense firing up against the Green Bay's defense that is a little banged up uh, and questionable at times. And then you've got a Green Bay offense that's firing all cylinders with a 49ers defense that is getting healthy right at the right time. Yeah. Um, you kind of said it there. I do agree with you. I think out of all of the underdogs, this is the one where I kind of like the underdog, underdog the most for whatever reason, that recency bias just 
for me is feeling better about the Packers and just something about, I, I understand. I just said, you know, I think Lamar's going to play well and he hasn't played in three weeks, but something about, I, I, I know everyone thinks Purdy MVP, whatever. Well, not really anymore, but you know, he had that talk, but Lamar's better. Something about Purdy not playing for the last three weeks just kind of makes me a little bit concerned. Um, that was a long time ago. They hadn't, Purdy hasn't played since they played the commanders that to me as a commander fan, that feels like months ago. Um, so that concerns me a little bit. I'm not worried about them really losing the game. I, I do think they win. I mean, they're playing the Packers in the playoffs. They always beat the Packers in the playoffs. Uh, so, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, but I do feel pretty good about green Bay being a cover. I just, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Jordan Love, dude. He's awesome. Fantastic. I mean, I, this organization, it's just the easiest thing in the world for them to draft quarterbacks. It's absolutely insane. They go with the old stage. Like, I remember when we grew up, it was definitely more of a thing that was talked about more about, like, you should draft a quarterback and sit them to let them learn. And we've sort of moved away from that. You know, it's all about playing the young guys early. But when you look at teams like the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, he sat for a year. You've got the, the Packers, who are a huge proponent of that, and finding a guy towards the end of their quarterback's lifespan with them and then having him sit and learn the offense like I do wonder if we're going to see that pendulum start to swing back as these teams are a little bit more successful with getting a young quarterback maybe a little bit later in the draft maybe it's not the first pick letting him sit for a little bit and then introducing him um yeah I mean it's worked for them if everything goes to plan here that like Jordan Love plays 15 years they'll have a elite quarterback for 45 straight years it's insanity it's absolutely insanity right now um uh, this game will be interesting the 49ers offense the offensive line you know is a little bit in shambles like the Packers defense line if they want a chance here they need to win some of their one-on-one battles they are more talented across the defensive line compared to that offensive line with the exception of the world-class right Peter and Trent Williams it was just an absolute monster but that sort of goes against them because the 49ers run a lot outside run zone concepts and the Packers are better. You, you really want to run power run against them. But McCaffrey, 3.2 yards before contact this year, leads the league. Um, and then you got a Packers team that lets up a lot of yak. Like I think from an underdog betting standpoint of these higher spreads, Packers, like if this shoots to 10 again, I feel like that's probably pretty decent with it at nine. I'd probably feel better about maybe teasing 49ers Ravens down through the three, getting them both below a field goal. Cause I do think both of these teams are winning, but I don't know if both of these teams are covering one will probably cover and the other will not. And I think this game is probably the one. Cause like you said, I don't yeah. rock Purdy's a little bit interesting and the Ravens too, to their credit. Cause you mentioned it, the long layoff, they do that on purpose now because hardball, he's so experienced in the NFL. He's realized that like practicing really hard is much more important than the week 18 game rep so they just practice really hard leading up to this game and they're right. a little bit fresher i don't know exactly how the 49ers are dealing with this very long break the game of games some people are calling the greatest game of the weekend maybe some people are saying the baker mayfield show rolls on to the detroit lions line is at six over under 49 and a half i think the lions walked away from that game on uh, against the rams going we got away with one there folks because i Sean McVay, for the genius that he is as a coach, his conservative coaching style at times is like, what is going on, my dude? Like, you are ahead of the curve in every other department, but for some reason, your game management here late in games just goes kaput. Yeah, I don't know what it was. He was just not coaching to win. I don't know, wait, like wasting timeouts very early. I don't know what was going on. Um, he's just some odd decisions. I don't know. Maybe he was just like, this team's not winning it. We're, 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 we're leaving. Um, but yeah, that... <laughs> That was a great game. Um, this game, 
It's gonna be a fun one. I actually, again, I feel pretty good about your Bucks. I think these lines are just, you know, you look at, you know, the past two months, with the exception of a few games, they haven't covered six points at them. Like they don't, they don't really do that. They mostly play close games. Um, I think there's a good opportunity for, you know, I, I like Dan Campbell, but we all know at times he shoots himself in the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could potentially happen here. Um, this is going to be a fun game, you know, that you'll be stressed. I'm excited because for me, I'll be happy with either one of these teams wins, you know, the Lions, you never see them here. We've seen the Bucks here a few times, you know, in our lifetimes, but, you know, Baker kind of just puts me over where I'm just like, the Bucks could totally win because Baker's awesome. Like, I almost wonder, like, does Mike Evans ever look back and feel like he's in college again and then be like, oh, wait, no, I didn't play with Baker in college. I was Johnny. <laughs> like, Baker has basically, like, he has become – like the player we all wanted Johnny to be. I mean, that might not be fair because Baker was drafted, you know, in his draft before Johnny was drafted in his draft, but um, he's just awesome. I, I don't know. So I, I like your bucks here. It, you I don't got, like him to win. I don't like him to win. Yeah. You like got two cover. guys who are just like out of their minds and Dan Campbell versus Baker Mayfield <laughs> facing off each other. Like who is going to do the dumber thing first? And that's like, I'm on and that. Uh, that's endearing for Baker. Cause I do kind of like that. Like it's not the Jameis, Winston dumb that we used to have in Tampa where you're like, oh, he's going to throw 30 touchdowns, but he's going to throw just as many interceptions. This is like games on the line. He's going to try to fit this through with the tightest of windows and either it's going to be awesome or it's going to be what the heck. Um, It's very game situational dumb, not just like an entire game (laughs) where you're like every snap could be some wild affair. Um, And Mike Evans, I have never seen a player. This man could be one of the all-time great wide receivers we've ever seen, but he has this innate ability to just drop some of the easiest balls, and he's been doing it his entire career in Tampa. Like, he has monster numbers and is a freak wide receiver and is amazing. I love him. But, like, the nation gets very few, like, peeps into the window of the Buccaneers because we're not on national television a lot, and they all just saw Mike Evans doing what he's done his entire career where it's like, there's some easy catch and he just drops it. You're like, what the hell is going on? And then he'll make this spectacular same <laughs> catch. You're like, what player are we dealing with here? <laughs> yeah, he's left a lot of yards and touchdowns on the field, unfortunately. His oh my numbers God. could be better. <laughs> it's insane. Um, I do look at the Bucks here because I I've sort of identified with the Lions. They have two very major fatal flaws. The first is Jared Goff in this offense. Once they get off the early game script. Not a lot happens. And we saw that against the Rams. Like once they get off, they, they they get out to a fast start. But then once they get into the part of the game where Jared Goff needs to check down things or he needs to change the play at the line, depending on what the defense is coming out at, he doesn't have that like elite ability to do so. And so it's like Ben Johnson gives him a call, but then depending on what he's seeing against the defense, doesn't always work out well. And you've got a Todd Bowles defense that does a very good job. Like, you know, the blitz is coming. You don't know where it's coming from. He does a very good job of disguising things. And you've got Via Ve, the just world eater down yeah. low. So that's a that's an interesting matchup. You know, we just got to weather that early storm. And then you've got the fatal flaw of that passing defense, oh, which wow. you've got a Bucks team. Josh Lynch is, you know, he struggled at drafting the quarterback position, but that man knows how to put together talent on a roster in every other position. And the passing options available to Baker Mayfield against this defense. Oh man. Like how do you guard them all? You can't, you cannot guard Kate Otten, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Trey Palmer. Who's having a great game. I think he'll have a little bit less of a game. Cause you know, he went off and he'll be, they'll be monitoring him a little bit more, but like, these are guys that you just, you can't contain all of them. You can't guard all of them. <laughs> yeah. I do think they're going to struggle there. Um, one thing that is interesting here, 
is in the receiving props. Jameer Gibbs is at 24 and a half. That sounds low, but Jameer Gibbs hasn't been over 20 yards since November 19th. So I don't know. You could take that as he's due, or you could take that as, well, he's definitely not getting over. I'm not telling you which one to take, but it's just interesting. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think from a Buck standpoint, I feel, I think, you know, the normal props of like Mike Evans touchdown, those are all fair. I think the best one is the Chris Godwin one because Kate Otten went off last week, which we identified. And the Lions do a bad job covering tight ends, but like, I think he's going to be a little, they're going to mind him a little bit more just on how much usage he got. And then Mike Evans is on that side. You got Chris Godwin in the slot. The Lions have not guarded slot wide receivers very well this year. Like, I think he, his props are probably the way I would lean a little bit more. I'm going to attack all of those, but yeah, I like the Bucks here um, at plus six. Like, oh, I'm I'm diving right in. I'm getting my hopes up because Dave Canales has also got my hopes up because the man, I don't know where he learned to throw a curveball, but he did it last week. He said, "Hey, we're not just going to run inside zone runs on early downs and get yeah. negative two yards and put ourselves in terrible positions. Let's be go aggressive." Good job, Dave Canales. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we identified we have the worst rushing offense in the league and we can't just run inside because like center guard are weaker than our tackles. Our tackles are our strong point. If we're going to run, let's run some outside zones and let's be aggressive with Baker early. They got to do that again because Agent Hutchinson, you get third and long against this Lions defense, they're coming in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The game of games. For us that yeah. grew up in this era, this is now the Brady-Manning game of the year every year which we grew up on. We're now getting Mahomes, Josh Allen every year. Mahomes is the gatekeeper, similar to like Brady was during our time as children and young folk. <laughs> the line's at two and a half, over under 45. The game is in Buffalo this time. Buffalo is a little banged up. What do we got for this one? Yeah, Buffalo is definitely banged up, but I mean, it, I mean, it, it's mattered a little bit, but hasn't mattered too much um obviously a little bit worried about their defense but then when you look over at the you know the playmakers in kansas city i mean yeah they have a few but i mean no one that you're just like oh my gosh i'm terrified um so early lean here I i'm liking the bills this is already a team that you know beat the chiefs even though you know patrick and andy were big crybabies at the end of the game um so but i i I just think this the, the Bills are due here. Maybe exercise some demons here. This is a team they've lost to in the playoffs, I think, twice. Josh Allen's lost to them twice. Um, it, I mean, it would be perfect if it would be so perfect. Obviously, this isn't happening, but if there was potential for them to play the Bengals next week, but um, we're not, we're, we're not, you know, that's that's not happening. Um, so no. pointless, but yeah, I, I like them here. I, I just think, I, I think they're just they're rolling a little bit better. Um, Chiefs, I, I don't know, I just haven't been too into this team this year. I, I know they looked, they looked pretty good last week and they seem to in my opinion get some fortune with some of the calls um but i, I still think i think this for some reason I think this is the bills year where they finally crack through and they and they they get to super Bowl. i don't know if they're gonna win it but i think they get there it, often electing for the less efficient offense does not usually go in your favor which the bills did when they fired ken dorsey um but I think it does once again for this game because this Chiefs defense, rightfully so and smartly slow, was built to play with leads. Like it's not built for kind of slug it out football, a lot of power running. It's like, we're going to play from a lead. You're going to have to throw on us. We're going to keep everything in front of us. Like their DBs are fantastic. They're young. I don't know how a lot of these bills, like I don't think Stefan Diggs, his unders are probably something to look at because Sneed is fantastic right now oh, like so he's good. playing coverage like it just unbelievable this season and i would assume he's just going to follow him around but like 
the Chiefs' exposure is inside runs, which the Dolphins, I don't, I don't know what the game plan was there. Clearly, they can't play in the call, but or cold. But a lot of screens, bubble passes, outside zone, con- or like concepts that that's what the Chiefs eat alive. They they play you on the outside. That's what they. That's where they want you to bring the fight. You bring it internally. Chris Jones is great from a a rushing the passer type of guy, but from a run. Right standpoint e linebacker mm-hmm. exposed like this is where that kind of more conservative less turnover prone offense that is less efficient but doesn't have as many turnovers slugs it out probably works in your favor here yeah yeah i, I would agree i just think you know this matchup here i mean josh allen running right up the middle uh, yeah a prop that also we called out that like there were a few things we got wrong last week, but there are some yeah. things we got monstrously right. And that was one of them of like, hey, Josh Allen props, just just spray the board. Just do whatever. Just spray the board. The man's going to be running around. It's playoffs times. And Patrick Mahomes cracking his helmet, too. That was mm-hmm. that is the epi- that was the death meal for the Dolphins of like, oh, this team is not want to be physical here. And <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is out here cracking his helmet. Yeah, yeah definitely was that. That was just. A poor performance by the Dolphins, honestly. Yeah, Dolphins, the Charmin Soft Eagles. Like, it just, yeah. it was bad. Um, also, concussions, just no longer a thing in the playoffs. I mean, Matthew Stafford was was seeing the football gods up in the rafters of the Lions, and he got off playing like he had a shoulder injury. <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? Dude's I mean, a tough can... SOB, though. <laughs> I swear, the person in the top row could see the whites in Matthew Stafford's eyes. I mean, like, it was, yeah. it was clear as day. I was like, whoa. And the announcers were like, "Oh, he's got a shoulder injury." I'm like, "No, guys, he's seeing God right now up in the up in the stands. Can we get a doctor to look at him real quick? Like, let's at least be honest." Yeah. Good night. Um. Any final thoughts uh, before we wrap this up on these games this uh, week? Um. No. Well, once again, I feel like I say this all the time. Your Bucks are my favorite again. Love it. <laughs> yeah, they are fired up. Fire those cannons, boys. Um, I'm with you. I, I like, you know, if you want to throw a teaser out there, I don't think the worst idea, Ravens, 49ers, maybe Chiefs getting them up. Because um, I do think it'll be a close game, but I do think yeah. Bills cover the two and a half. Um, if you want to bet that straight. But, you know, if you want to try to get some of those favorites, you know, that's not a bad idea. Chris Godwin props. I, I really like those right now. We'll tweet out some things at Trophy Gets Pod. Um, oh, yeah. On a side note, it looks like Billy B's headed to the Falcons, like we, uh, like you had thrown out there, <laughs> and it honestly makes the most sense. My question is, how does the man have two interviews? What is that interview? Is he just sitting there with his rings on, being like, "Here's my resume"? What, what, I, what's there to interview? <laughs> I was under, I was trying to figure out the same thing. I was like, "What are you, what are you gonna, what are you gonna ask Bill? Like, <laughs> you ask him how to win Super Bowls? Like, I, I don't understand." So yeah, I thought that was funny too. I was like, "That, that interview better be." Um, writing a blank check and pushing it over to him and having him fill it out. Like what, what? Like is, does he just go in and play a, a highlight video of him at championship parades and on championships, like podiums? Like, is that just, he just, he just sits down, gets his feet up and plays a video real quick out oh, there. There we go. That's yeah, my <laughs> walks into Arthur Plank and says 28 to three. And then just sits down. Like, I mean, I don't know. You would think they would hire him without even an interview. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. I just, I saw that he got a second interview. I was like, I didn't even realize he had a first. I feel like that's just a like, yeah, we'd, we'd like you over here. You take full control, my man. Yeah. You should be interviewing them. Yeah. That is the one situation though. Like he hasn't been able to draft a quarterback. He's going to have to draft a quarterback there. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of talent on that roster defensively and offensively, but the same issues reside. You got to go get you a quarterback. Can he do it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is I don't necessarily think this makes the Falcons like a contender or anything because, I mean, that's the biggest issue. And he hasn't shown that he can really do that outside of drafting Tom Brady. I'm not a fan of it in the NFC. Uh, I'd rather him right, not you should be in my division. Yeah. Uh, no. Also means that the NFC South, once again, is offensively going to be a pretty bad product probably next year between my Bucks, who are a defensive-led team, the Falcons, who will be a defensive-led team, the Panthers, who are currently getting swirlied in the toilet bowl by both yeah. of them, and the Saints, who God only knows what they're Ooh. doing. Yeah, gosh, that's hey. a good point. We all thought the NFC South sucked, and here are the Bucks on Divisional Weekend. Maybe we're the best division out there. I don't know, folks. People are chattering. We'll see. <laughs> People are chattering. What am I, my grandmother? Um, all right. <laughs> That'll do it for us as the Divisional Breakdown. Uh, as always, follow us on Trevi Kids Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We'll tweet out some additional bets from there. And as always, peace.